VIP Access with Aniko. Thank you so much for coming to VIP Access Podcast. This is the final episode for the second season of my podcast, and I couldn't be prouder to be sitting here about to speak to an individual, an artist who I look up to, who really inspires me. He's a lover of music, dance, and language, and for some reason, he finds a way to balance all his passions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome none other than Mbai. What's up, my dude? How are you doing? <laughs> um, good. I haven't seen you for some time. Yeah, it's been a year almost. It's yeah. been a year almost. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. And the interesting thing about this, uh, you know, this interview, this podcast is we actually did an interview and I feel like it was at that a time when you were still working on your music. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of things were happening. I just was a mom. Yeah. And so now, like, we decided to revisit this specific interview and you know your career and i feel like it's a better time for b both of us certainly and i feel like even from last year till this year you've experienced so much growth so much change yes you know a lot of things happen and yeah. i want us to talk about that of course but before we get into that yeah. how are you doing i'm doing well i'm doing well just as you said and we're going to get deeper into it experience uh, some lows since we met yeah. but um i found comfort in family friends and also you you came through uh, at that point and um I, i've been faring well generally i could be better but i'm happy where i am actually yeah yeah i'm so happy that you know you honored me with having your presence at my podcast yet again and also i am happy that you seem to be in a better space for those listening, my friend Bai just lost his mom a few months ago. Yes. And, you know, it was a very difficult experience. It still continues to be. Yeah. And healing is not a one-day affair or a one-year affair. Of course. So how are you coping with the healing? Has your art assisted you in any way? The, the multiple answers to our question. So I lost my mom in February, February 23rd to be exact. And um, at first, I didn't want to get back to art because one thing about art it forces you to be in touch with your deepest emotions, right? You cannot just be on the surface, you know. It's also something that you can do uh, a well, you know, multitasking emotionally or in, in the moment, you know. So you have to be there present, right? Actually, I came back to art like a month and a half, uh, end of April, mm. from February 23rd. And it's actually my friends were pushing me. I'll be like, you need to, you need to get back to who you are, you know? Mm -hmm. And of course, I remember you calling me and you're like, you need to get to dance because I know dance makes you happy. Yeah. And so all these voices and uh, of course, I was taking time with my process too. I, as you've said, grieving is not, there's no marking scheme to it. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no predefined way that each individual should go through the process. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is as personalized as, uh, as, as they come, you know? So after that period, I came slowly to it. It was still difficult. I could not eat well for that period, even when, when I was doing practice. But uh, as I went on, I slowly regained the strength. I'm not 100%. Maybe I'm at 70 right now, but, you know, uh, I'm still pushing. Yeah. I love that. 70 and still pushing, still pushing. you know. Yeah. And every time I, f I always feel like you wake up, you feel like you're 100, you're 20, yeah, you're 30. Yeah, like, yeah. And even for this podcast, I've been telling everybody, like, now that I feel like I'm at 100, I want to keep going yeah. because I have that 100 feeling. And even sure. when we did the interview last time, I don't know, I think I was at 60. Yeah. So now I'm feeling so much better than 
yeah, last yeah. year when yeah. I was doing the same thing. So mm-hmm. I do wish you well in the path to recovery mm-hmm. and to, you know, getting back to yourself 100%. I appreciate um, that. For those listening, I'm always painting a picture to who my guest is because yeah. most of the artists I'm interviewing here, I've either met them or I have not met them physically, but I've experienced their art. So Mbae is a musician. He is an amazing dancer. In fact, some of the dances he has on TikTok have gone viral and he was even invited to TV shows to speak about his viral content. So he's a superstar. (laughs) And also he's a linguist master. He loves French. He actually went to school, not school with, but went to the same school that um, a former French president went to Sarkozy. How did you get to that school and what's the school? Can you educate me? <laughs> the school is called uh, Sciences Po uh, Paris. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the best um, school in Europe in terms of political science and humanities. And it's the third best in the world. So um, I went to a secondary school uh, at Mango High School. Mm-hmm. So my love for French started when I was in Form 2. Mm. Because there was just this pressure about people who are, uh, I was musically gifted. So they're like, okay, now that you go to music first, you might as well, you know, explore this French thing so that you can do French choral verses. You remember those yeah, things? Yeah, 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 yeah. So my love for French started there. So to go to that school, first of all, you have to have a good level in French because the classes are in French for the first two years. And for some reason, I mean, I would think that the logic would be inversed. Like the first two years in English so that you ease into it. Now it's like you get the, into the deep end, you know? right away. Of course, it, it's political science, it's law, so it's conk stuff. So you have to have a B2, you understand that, of course, you... Yeah. I mean, you speak good French, but... Oh, so, so, yeah. I'm, so, I'm so embarrassed here right now because yeah. I have... I studied French yeah. and I actually didn't even complete my diploma. I'm mm. not sure if I told you that. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay, but, you know... Uh, but the, the but then is... I just didn't use my French until one time I was going to France mm. and I was, like, stranded at the airport and that's uh-huh. when I had to remember the little French that is still in my mind and uh-huh. get around. You know how it is in yeah, France. Yeah, like, yeah. French people don't really yeah, mess with you if you don't snobbish. even try. They're very snobbish. That's Do you want to say they're snobbish? <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> Actually, it's not a secret. They know it. They know it themselves. In <laughs> yeah. fact, they can't... Padangle, padangle. Before you say anything, it's like, hi, padangle. You know, so if I had been speaking my French properly, this could have maybe been a French interview, but I, I, couldn't, cool. I couldn't even do a French interview now. No, I mean, the, the thing is that provided you've mastered your fundamentals, I mean, practicing French, because I think for you, what just remains is practicing the language yeah. in different contexts yeah. because the fundamentals are there, you know? Like if I read, I understand. If you I see? see a verb, I know this verb, I know how it's conjugated, you I see? know what it means. Yeah. I mean, the deepest form of mastery of an art is in the fundamentals, the grammar, those articles, the mm. conjugation that you've just talked about. And that's why I was, uh, I texted you about the other thing, if you remember, so that you can practice your French too. The other thing that you hear. <laughs> yes, yes. So, yes. So, when I was in, just go back to what I was saying, when I was in Form 2, after, you know, getting an arc of the language, mm. I participated in various competitions. And I remember, was it in 2015? I was the best French public speaker in the country, those, these competitions. Mm. So, that's where I was spotted by the school. They're like, okay. The we... best French public speaker yeah. in the country. The country, yes. Whoa, he's on my podcast, guys, okay? <laughs> Only the best of the best here at VIP Access. I love it. So they spotted me there. They sponsored my French courses when I finished school mm. at Alliance Francaise. And I did my diploma in French. 
and then I was taken in scholarship, which is very hard to get. So I think uh, I consider myself very lucky. It's very hard to get a scholarship to such schools. So that's when I got there and then the rest is history. And when you came back to Kenya, you also got an opportunity to work at the French embassy yes, yes, where yes. you still work. Yes, yes, yes. So that's amazing. That's amazing. That's, yeah. amazing. that's amazing. And so between your day job mm -hmm. at the French embassy and your love for music and dance, yeah. where do you find the balance? Mm -hmm. Because a nine to five, yes. you know, can, can sometimes even be nine to six, yeah. depending on how busy the projects are. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of artists have come here on the podcast and told me stuff like, music can't be my plan B, like yeah, my plan A, because without it, I have nothing. Yeah. So I wonder for you to have that and to still have music and to still have dance, mm. how do you manage to do all of these? First of all, I am a very obsessive person. Like what I decide to do, I'm really I go to it with like complete obsession. Yeah. So even if I do it on the side, it's not really a side thing because my day looks like this. I wake up at five thirty, go to the gym, the dance studio. At six, uh, I'm at the dance studio, six to eight, and then I carry a change of clothes and then I shower. By eight foot five, I'm at work. My work starts at nine. I do my job nine to six, sometimes nine to seven, as I've mm -hmm. said, and go back to the dance studio or the music studio. And that's how I completed my album, actually. I, I wrote my tracks uh, over the years, but I completed the studio versions like in the evening, like from sometimes from 7 to 11, mm -hmm. and then still the same day. So I think for me, it's like, I know art is very expensive, right? And my day job serves to fund my art, so to speak. I love that. Yeah, so. I love that. And then I have this other side, Booksmart side, that I think I cannot ignore too. It's because of that I work at the embassy, right? So because they're channeling that. And I think if I'm able to develop that and I'm still young, uh, my reasoning is why not, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so my thing is like, I'm very obsessive and I surround myself with people who are obsessive too. Hmm. So it keeps me on my toes. Like I, I, the morning session thing I do with my friend. So it's like at 6, 10, we're starting. He's there before me sometimes, you know? Just compete with each other in a friendly way. Hmm. And make sure we are, we're on our toes and we are, we're posting videos three times a week and we're ensuring the quality, we're ensuring their own time. And that keeps me, you know. So uh, when looking at my Instagram page, I'm like, okay, this guy's a full-time artist, you know. I don't want there to be a difference in obsession mm -hmm. between a full-time artist and myself who's also at work. So that's how I approach it. I really love it. You spoke a little bit about your album and your music. Yeah. Your album is just about to drop. Yes. If you could just give us more about this album, the yeah. coming of it, this will be the, your debut album. Yes, yes, yes. You already have a couple of singles that have come out. Yeah. How did they do so far? And mm. you also get a chance to, you know, perform your music. So um, my first, first single of the album came out around June last year. Uh, it's very Kizomba. It's called Right. I'm a Kizomba dancer. So that was one of the first songs I wrote when I was working for this album, actually. Mm. And I was called to various uh, TV stations, K24, uh, 10 over 10, even NTV. And so on the media aspect, did so well. And these are the things that just, they just saw my stuff online because I produced the video, I wrote the scripts, and I, of course, I choreographed the dancer too, mm. the dancing it. And um, so for me, as a, as a first thing, it, it did very well. Because mm -hmm. even from just putting it out, you mm. started getting you no know, media attention yes, and people yes, calling yes. you for interviews here yes, and there. Yes, yes, yes. Fantastic. So well I, done. And, and it was crazy on that on, on that front. And so about my album is um, it's a mix of styles and languages, right? So if I'm just going to describe it in one phrase, 
I've written some songs in French, Swahili, and Spanish. Like there's a song with the three languages, and then the songs in purely written purely in Swahili. Mm. Like the all right song, the Kizomba song, and then uh, the songs in French, all like only French, right? And also um, there's some songs in Swahili and French, mm. and Swahili and English. So there's a little bit for everybody. Mm. And in terms of sales, there's R and B. I'm a very um, deep R and B fan. You are. Very, you are. You're very, a deep R and B fan, and yeah. I think you do love Chris Brown, Asha. Very, very. You like to do those moves. <laughs> <laughs> those slick moves. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, the funny story is that I was a, when I was little, I was a fan of Neo. Because uh-huh. he was the R and B, and he time. used to have very slick moves then. Yeah, now too. I'm like, where are your moves now? <laughs> the voice too, right? <laughs> but he says that for the moves, look at Chris Brown. Look at Chris Brown for the <laughs> for the music. Uh, for the voice, look look at Mario. I mean, he said that. Like, yeah. So I was like, okay, what about you? But for, at the time, it was new for me. I discovered Chris Brown a bit. I knew his music, but as a person, I discovered him in 2010, 2011. And uh, his favorite jam is um, uh, With You of All Time. That's my favorite R&B. So I have a heavy R&B influence, even the, in the way I sing mm. in, in my runs, you see. But in the album, I try to mix everything, right? Mm. So I pick what I love and what people love, of course. Like, it has to go both ways. That yeah. you just don't write an album that is for you, you know? Yeah. So it has to be for you and also for the people listening. There's rumba hip-hop in it. There's this R&B, R&B, like acoustic, uh, Ed Sheeran vibes. There's Kizomba and there's Afro, Afro. Mm. I don't know if you know this French singer called Tyke. Right now he's the biggest R&B pop singer in France. Nice. So a bit of influence from him too. So just to mix up the style so that it's what I love. I love all those songs. Mm. And I'm sure that everyone will appreciate at least one song in the album. Fantastic. Yeah. I don't know actually of any other Kenyan singer or performer who's incorporating you know, various languages, if not the in, our own indigenous African yeah. languages like you are. Yeah. So I find that quite unique. I appreciate that. Yeah. Do you know any other person? Not that I've heard of, actually. <laughs> not that I've heard of. Maybe that's there, but... There's one of one by... There's one. Yeah, one of that. one. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. That's yeah. nice. So about your dance, I yeah. think you, you mentioned, you know, you love Kizomba and yeah. so on and so forth. But I, I want you to go deeper into your relationship with dance because yeah. I've seen you even perform and you're able to do all dances. Like yeah. I see you doing Kizomba, then you can do R and B. You yeah. can also do Afrobeat. Yes, yes. You know, I've seen you rocking those different styles yeah. and different genres. Yeah. So do you also wanna do dance, you know, professionally? Like would you want to, you know, be paid to come and dance or mm. do you only do it for your own sanity and happiness okay. and for your own videos? But how far do you wanna go with this dance thing? I approach dance in the perspective of performing arts you know so i'm a performing artist so that goes for my vocals so they're all tied together mm. so my vocals my dance and also just stage presence you know yes so my relationship with dance started a bit late yeah. compared to my relationship with music yes and right now i'm 26 years old i started to dance when i was around 22 before then i couldn't dance like Everyone from high school just says, no, 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 we cannot believe this is the same person. Mm. Because I used to sing, yes, but they never used to dance. So I started with Kizomba and Latin. Latin is Kizomba, Salsa, Bachata. That's where I started. And then I took classes with Art in Motion, you know mm. them? Of course. Yeah, the, the hip-hop dance. And, and of course, they do a bit of everything, but from them I learned hip-hop. And then Afro, I learned by myself mm. majorly. Because, I mean, being in Kenya, I mean, there is... 
I mean, there's so much you can learn. It's an explosion yeah. you know, of different sounds, different genres, yeah. you know, even the clubbing experience. Yeah. When you listen to the radio, we are very versatile yeah, in Kenya, mm-hmm. more than all the other countries. That's you know. for sure, for sure. You'll go to Tanzania, they play more of their own artists Bongo, and, yeah. you know, Swahilis, yeah. singers. Southern Africa, the same artists from their region, the same with West Africa. That's right. But this is one very unique country where yeah. you will listen to all sounds from all over the continent and the world. That's true. That's true. And, and that's a superpower because, I mean, there's an R&B song followed by, you know, Saudi soul song followed by a bongo song. For me, it was like, I need to know how to express the sounds mm. through dance, but not losing the authenticity. Dance. You can dance hip hop on a, a bongo flavor song, but I mean, people will be like, okay, I mean, we, yeah. we just need you to express it the way it is expressed, yeah. you know? That's why I started exploring different styles mm. and I'm just naturally curious. So I, even with my dancer partner, I was like, we need to be able to dance everything so that we're just not like one trick ponies. Mm. Like if we put a Kizomba song, they will dance hip hop. That, that is for sure. They'll dance hip hop. Yeah. So, and that's how I was able to diverse everything. But just to answer your question, I mean, if someone calls me and tells me, hey, I need you to perform this, I, mean, I need to, to express this music through dance only, I mean, I'll be like, okay, because why not? I, I'm like, I can't be taken as a professional dancer, a professional singer. If someone mm-hmm. tells me just come and sing, I'll be like, okay, why not? You know? Mm-hmm. So, those are things that I'm not like very strict on. Mm. But if you ask me, I'm a performing artist. So that goes with everything. I wanted to take you a little bit back to growing up. Where did you grow up? Um, Las Vegas. Oh, yes. That's what we have in common. (laughs) Well, I didn't grow up in Nakuru. I grew up in Molo. We'd come to Nakuru to visit, you know, to eat nice chips at the For sure, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, you remember? It was a vibe. It was a vibe. But the showground. Yes, go to the showground. (laughs) We need to go karata na mom to go to the <laughs> we used to keep up those things like nah. Yeah, those things I'm talking about. Yeah, of course, of course. All manner of people. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, what are your memories of Nakuru and what was it growing up? Like, mm. did you have other siblings? Mm-hmm. You know, did your parents influence you and help you grow into the person you are today? We moved to Nakuru town mm-hmm. in two thousand. I was I was five years old. Mm. And, um, but before we used to live in Jor, you know, of course. Oh my God, you're coming closer to Molo. <laughs> coming closer to Molo, yeah. You never told me, B. How about did you? I know, I didn't tell you. Joro Moro, the matter to say, Joro Moro, Joro Moro, Joro Moro. Joro Moro, Joro Moro. Yeah, and you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, we used to live in Joro, uh, and then we came to Nakuru town. Um, we used to live in a place called Race Coast when I was five. I have three siblings, three older siblings, so I'm the last one. Mm-hmm. So my parents were very book smart. Like my father was a secondary school teacher and he used to teach Kagumo High when Kagumo High was Kagumo High mm-hmm. anyway now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was very strict on booking, if I would just say. Yeah, like, books, read. We used to read. wake up at three. Like used to wake us up at three. To Never read. used to wake up to, to read. Yo. And he was a secondary school teacher. So there's no way you're When your father is, is your own teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has different hats. Yeah. And he used to be strict and of course used to um uh, threaten us with bodily harm if we failed, you know. I like he means those things he's saying, you know. And he, because he was known to be a disciplinarian. So he taught us to be very critical in the way we pursue things mm. because being book smart and being able to perform well in school, 
I mean, what you learn fundamentally, apart from those things that you never use uh, in a chemistry, whatever, those things that you never use when you're an adult, <laughs> it teaches you to be very critical and yeah. to be very strategic. Yeah. So whatever else you pick up uh, in, as you go, you're like, okay, what I've learned is that things take time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, there's a strategy to think. There's a yeah. way we are supposed to approach things, yeah. right? There are so, no shortcuts. You have to read the entire book. Yeah, you, you need you to, know. you know. And you need to and be you very careful. To, and you have to understand. And if you don't, you have to start reading again. Again and again. You know. And you need, for example, he was a math teacher. So you used to do hundreds of exercises. At all? Yeah. My goodness. Lord, I mean, I mean, oh, when I was a like kid, school. I used to go to a school called Kimathi when I was um, like lower primary. Mm. So I go and then finish school at one. Mm -hmm. He comes for me, picks me up, you know, cooks ugali and milk. I just be like, okay, you're going to study till five. Then you can go and play. When our kids are going to play like directly from you, you're doing math, doing math and and the handwriting. I mean, the handwriting thing never picked up because my handwriting is trash right now. But the thing, <laughs> thing about math that really stuck, and how I can see it helped me. Like practicing is in everything you do, mm -hmm. even for you. I mean, I mean everything you're perfected up to this point, which are, which is many things. I read your bio, very impressive, by the way. Oh, thank yeah. you. So I'm just like, this is practice too. So for me, when I take that to dance, I'm just like, practice every day, like I did in math. Mm. Of course, like, that is not consciously what I'm thinking, but subconsciously, it's... that's what I was taught. Yes. Yeah, like you practice every day to be better. Yes. It's normal that you're not good. It's because you've not practiced. So yeah. practice to be good, you know? That's how I approached everything. And that's how I was able to master different fields. I started with French, practicing every day. And then I picked up dance. Even if you, I was like, what am I picking up dance when I'm 22? Like, what am I doing? Yeah. But subconsciously, I was like, okay, I can practice a lot so I become faster, better, you know? So that's my mentality. Mm. And that's why I picked up from when I was growing up. And I come from a humble background, actually. Even from race course, we never had a lot, you know? Mm. So that affected me in some ways. But I've always taught myself to take the positive, you know, just taught myself to remember where I come from, you know, and that's very important because I don't come from wishes, right? And uh, I remember sometimes I was struggling to pay fees when I was in high school and I had the mentality that I, I come from nothing, so I cannot, I cannot mess around, you know? Yeah. I have to be the best at this thing I'm doing. And right now when people look at me, I'll be like, oh, you funny rich kid, you know? But I'm like, oh, you I don't wish know. you knew, you know? You don't know my story. You don't they know need my to story. listen to this podcast. Yeah. So at the point, you know, a high school student, even struggling to pay um, school fees, then you become the best, you know, French student, best speaker in the country. Yeah. Then you get the scholarship to this very prestigious school. Yeah. What did Papa think? My dad had passed on at oh, that point. No. Yeah, my, my dad passed on when I was 17. Okay. She had high blood pressure and diabetes. And, but uh, mama was there. To so my mother was it. there. So my mother was very happy. I mean, she couldn't she believe it. She must have been very proud. Excited. She was telling her friends, all her friends. that She was she, crying. Yeah, very. Oh. Even the night when I was calling her, mm. she was like, yeah, man, I can't believe this. And she just broke down. And I was like, I mean, this is for you, you know? Because I remember, like, she used to, a grind every day mm. to get us food. I mean, it was like hand to mouth at the point. And like her seeing her children do this, I mean, it's not something she could have conceived at the point of struggling, you know? Of course. And she was like, nah, um, I'm very happy for you. And I know you're going to make me proud. And even after I graduated in 2021 with my master's, I mean, she was just, you know, you know, out of this world. And again, I was like, this is for you, you know? You do something. Hey. You do something. Yeah. One up for mom. Mom yeah. is so proud. And I'm happy that she got to see 
fixed by yeah. you know before her time on earth ended yeah. because she's essentially seen her son you know go to that prestigious school get a prestigious job mm-hmm. you know be able to still follow his other passions and in a very dedicated manner yeah. just like she taught you and your dad so yeah. i think that would be a proud moment for her and this is why i really wanted you on this podcast and i really wanted the people listening to understand that there are no shortcuts you know whoever you are whatever you do you have to work hard at it and you have to work every day and guess what there are levels to levels yeah that's right when you get to number one there's another thing when you get to number one you're to you know another thing when you become the top artist in kenya there's tanzania then there's uganda then there's nigeria then there's so if you really love what you're doing and really want to succeed no one is going to tell you the secret. No yeah. one is going to teach you how to do it, but you have to teach yourself. You have to be the one, you know, to take it upon yourself to learn more, That's for sure. get yourself better. And you are that kind of individual. Yeah. And I don't Shit, meet a lot of these kind of individuals on my day to day. And that's part of the reason why I started this podcast so that it can inspire other creatives and artists listening to understand that you are not alone. You're not any different. You're yeah. not, your struggles are not unique to you. Like, yeah, that's look at us. A yeah. girl from Molo yeah. and a guy from Joro. Oh, yeah. They even rhyme. <laughs> right? <laughs> Joro Moro <laughs> team. <laughs> and now we're global citizens, you know, traveling the world, doing what sure. we love to do because we worked so hard at our dreams. You know, we brought ourselves to Nairobi. Mm. I could never think I'd be sitting somewhere in Nairobi and having a podcast. True. Mm. But here I am. yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing you know, yourself with Anytime. me, with us, your story. Yeah. And we look forward to your album. We look forward to seeing you perform. I think we, we saw you perform at one of the gigs I was curating for Gotti, yeah. and that was fun. I appreciate fun. that. I appreciate that. Fun. I think what I learned from you is what you're talking about, like uh, that dance is part of your performance. Yeah. I think what I have learned from you, what I see uh, with you, and what I'd like every artist listening to take from you is, Work on your performance. You know, mm. performance is not one thing. Yeah. It's not just how you sing or yeah. how you dress or how you look, but it's an all-rounded affair. It's the performance, the dancing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you maybe you can, in fact, give those who are listening tips yeah. to yeah. becoming a good performer. The main thing about performing is being able to connect your audience because you're performing in front of an audience. That is the basic definition. So you don't really even have to dance, you know, I can cite so many great artists who are not either not even dancers, right? Or don't dance, uh, like like Trey songs, you know, I mean, or Viri. He, he doesn't dance a lot, mm. but when he stands on stage, you, you can feel. feel there's a person, even by yeah. soul. I mean, there's a person there and can connect. And you see, like, every eyeball is, you know, like, is just glued to that stage. So, number one thing is just connecting to your audience, right? It's not even about having the best vocal range like Mariah Carey, you know. It's, it's not even that. It's just like being able to to touch the souls, the way you express whatever emotion expressing through your song. Mm. It's hard to put into words, but that comes from experience. Mm. You start with small gigs, you read the energy, you say, okay, because of what I'm feeling right now, I think we'll switch to this song, and then we'll come back to this slower song. Or, I mean, the guys are here, and I want to take them, you know, a bit low mm. with, with, a, with a more and be acoustic song. The point is just playing with emotions, uh, not in a manipulative way, of course, but playing with emotions so that people appreciate your art. Mm. Uh, and I, I think when you're able to do that, even if you don't dance, 
I mean, dancing might be a plus or not because you can dance and then people are like, okay, you didn't really feel connected to your dance. Yeah, anymore. yeah. So that can work against you too. So just being able to connect to your audience, that's the key. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, the superstar himself, Mbae, is the final artist on the second season of my podcast, VIP Access. It's been such a whirlwind of a season. I appreciate all the artists who've come through from all over the continent, from Uganda, Kenya, of course. We had artists from South Africa, Ghana, from America. It's been so amazing to have this platform, to have all the people, you know, listening to these amazing stories from different artists from across the continent. And I do hope that you'll stick with me because season three is even better and uh, Ila and Lita and worse. Thank you, guys. VIP Access with Aniko.